Don't ask who I'm banging. Don't ask how I make my bucks. Banging and bucks off the table. Hello, and welcome to Love at First Screening's special series, Rom-Com Road Trip, where we take you on a winding journey to find the best love and laughter as we create a rom-com plot of our own. So grab your favorite snacks. Like le petit fromage, or a little cheese. <laughs> um, I was gonna go with, you know, the holiday popcorn buckets where it's like, Cheesy popcorn, caramel popcorn, butter popcorn. Just a whole one of those. One serving. Yeah, that's one That's one serving. It, one bucket is one serving. Well, hurry. We've got a few friends to pick up. And if we don't get there in time, the popcorn might be gone. I'm not sharing anyway, but I call shotgun. You can drive. Buckle, Buckle up. up. I'm I, glad that this is I have, going out with I it. am not confident that that was at all in sync. No, no. <sighs> um, I actually think that we are safe from a copyright claim from Joey Fatone or Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I I was so confused there for a second. I was like. Buckle up. Why is that copyrighted? <laughs> that can't possibly be copyrighted. It's like how people are like, Taco Tuesday is copyrighted. Bitch, I don't believe that. You may try to enforce it. I'm not going to follow it. Sue me. But please don't. I have no money. I cannot afford a legal defense, much less a copyright infringement claim. So... That's why we make our own sound effects on this podcast. Well, Madison, I'd ask how you are, but I know that right now you are feeling a strong sense of disappointment that your favorite candle has been discontinued. Okay, I need to talk about this. This is actually welcome to my therapy session with me, Madison, where you are my therapist and I am your patient. I fell in love with this candle and soap company. It's called Sparta Candle Company. They're based out of Sparta, North Carolina, I think. Definitely one of the Carolinas. I think it's North Carolina. And they make amazing soap. They make amazing candles. They actually, I got my favorite hair clip from them as well, oddly enough. But my favorite scent, Spicer Mountain, has been completely discontinued. And Chelsea... Where else am I supposed to get a lemon, ginger, cinnamon candle? I guess you could take up candle making. I already have so many hobbies, though. I sew. All right. I crochet poorly. I read with my ears mostly. It's just I'm I'm booked. I have a sourdough starter that I have to keep alive. That's basically a pet. My sister told me that I was weaponizing yeast for capitalism. Like, I basically fed yeast for the sake of capitalism to force them to perform labor for me uh, to make dough. 
and thus bread. And I wonder if this means that I'm like yeast Jeff Bezos because it makes sense because with a sourdough starter, you have to discard to like make sure that the amount of yeast in your starter has adequate food. So you have to discard some of that, which means that you're basically genociding like half of your yeast when you go to feed it, which feels very Jeff Bezos. Um, so I am actually the Amazon of yeast. We've had some very strange conversations throughout our friendship, but I think you saying you're the Jeff Bezos of yeast is not something <laughs> I had on my bingo board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't expect it to happen until uh, this moment. And I almost wish that I could take it back, uh, but unfortunately, sound cannot be edited. There's no possible way for anyone to remove that from this recording. So uh, here we are. Now everyone's heard it. If it makes everyone feel better, I would let the yeast unionize. Uh -huh. I've got to step up on Jeff Bezos for that. I'm going to make you some sourdough crackers for Christmas. Mmm. I feel very loved because I've actually already gotten my Christmas present from you. It's true. It's like the only thing I ever want is <laughs> coffee. I want coffee at all times. And I'm a I'm a huge proponent of um, if I'm going to be giving gifts, I like it to either come from like a small local business kind of thing, which by the way, Sparta Candle Company is a small uh, family owned business. So you go go patronize them. I like them. Um, I don't think that they're anything scary. Have you ever seen the TikTok videos cutting up with Dwayne where it's just a nice older man cutting up soap while talking in like a Bob Ross sort of calm voice? I have actually. They're quite soothing. Yeah, that's Actually, him. you know what you should tell people is to go to this candle company and request that they restock <laughs> Your Spicer favorite candle. Mountain. Yeah, everyone, please go on. <laughs> Tell them to restock Spicer Mountain so Madison doesn't have a breakdown. Um, but no, uh, the, if it's not uh, local or anything like that, uh, I mean, it still can be. But I also really like to give gifts that have a bonus gift of some kind of philanthropic edge. So, uh, Chelsea, your espresso beans did go to feed a homeless kitten for a week. And they were called Beans Espresso Blend, and it has a kitty on it, who I assume is Bean, and it is their espresso blend, and I can't wait to try it. I already have, I am finishing up a, a different blend that I bought, and, and I don't want to mix them in my grinder, so I'm waiting, but I'm really excited to try it. I'm just really impressed that they were able to find cats that could create coffee blends. I strongly believe that cats are a more intelligent species than we give them credit for. I think humans in general have big heads. We're very egotistical. We think we're the best. And I, I think we, you know how white people <laughs> don't like to give credit? <laughs> I'm sorry. You could just say, do you know how white people and just leave it at that when you're talking about something terrible and egotistic? Like, that's just a given. You know how white people like to go to other countries and basically be like, how primitive. But like, 
that culture and society just doesn't it's only sin is not reflecting western white culture so which is not a sin at all except by western white culture standard okay so take that aside that concept and apply it to cats and humans humans are the white people and cats are everywhere else in the world i think we have a very particular view of what intelligence looks like in the animal kingdom we view ourselves as the top and we don't like to recognize the contributions of cats and i strongly believe that cats if they had opposable thumbs would be our overlords i would honestly love that because our (laughs) our current world leaders are not exactly um thriving you know, so I feel like if cat, I feel like cats could do a better job. You know, it's like fascism, but make it furry. <laughs> furry fascism. Cats are great. I'm excited that my coffee you bought me is feeding some cats. I think that's really great. And I can't wait to try it. It's really cute. Speaking of Christmas presents, I want to say this so that it forces me to finish it because this episode will air. (laughs) (laughs) This episode will air before my sister's birthday. And I have decided to make her for Christmas a sweater. Mm -hmm. I've never made a sweater before. (laughs) (laughs) And we are currently like two weeks from christmas we're like we're less than two we are we are 13 days from christmas and i am not even finished the back panel of this sweater now granted the black panel is the largest part of the sweater but i still have to make two front panels and two sleeves and connect it all and do a border so my original thought was well if i don't finish it before christmas i'll just give it to her for her birthday, which is in January. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're listening to this, either I finished the sweater in time to give it to my wonderful sister for Christmas, and it didn't look like an absolute train wreck. Two, I edited this out well no but then they wouldn't be hearing it so yeah i go back to one of two things happen either what i already said or i gave my sister explicit instructions not to listen to this episode until after she received her birthday present i don't know we'll see what happens i'm hoping i'm i'm trying to force myself to finish it you know here's the thing about crocheting as a hobby you think you like it, and then you do it, and then you're like, why? <laughs> why did I do this? <laughs> but I made, oh God, I yeah. made, I made a blanket. I'm, I'm, I have rules about crocheting projects. I make one blanket a year because blankets, they're quite large. We take our blankets for granted, you know what I mean? I don't know how they did anything before mass production. And I know that mass production has its problems. I'm, I'm not trying to say it's like, gift to humankind i do think on some level it's it's a curse but it is sure convenient it sure is convenient and if you've ever crocheted before like it just takes it takes so long and 
I, I made this blanket, this, the one blanket I made this year went to your favorite former park ranger and, uh, and they loved it. Uh, but it was one of the more, it was the most complex crochet project I've ever made. And it gave me a bit of an ego, which is why I thought <laughs> I can make a sweater. Um, but every day I come home from work and I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> I will say, your uh, your sister, I actually, uh, your sister and I went to a punk patch making craft night at a local bookstore. Um, they're a great bookstore, like radical, cool, amazing co-op bookstore. Uh, but we were we were talking about the infamous yearly blanket, and she went. I, uh, still waiting for my year, still waiting for my chance to get the blanket because, uh, you know, this year it went to our favorite former park ranger and that's fine and it makes sense. Uh, but there's still some, some low simmering resentment there. Well, I thought I could make up for it by giving her the first ever sweater I made. But I suppose it only really makes up for it if, A, the sweater is finished in time for Christmas, and she does actually receive it. And, B, if it's not, doesn't have, like, three arms. Oh, I think that now that the strike's over, I can actually use this example. I'm really worried that it's going to turn out like London Tipton's sweater from the Christmas episode <laughs> of... The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, where they do a secret Santa and Maddie rigs it so that London gives her a present because obviously London is an heiress and, you know, so she wants like a really nice gift. But then London, somebody tells London that it's better to make something and she gives Maddie this sweater that has like three whole, like, like, <laughs> like three arms. Like it's the worst sweater. And that's like what I'm imagining might happen. And I'll feel <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Or like she just won't ever see this sweater because I will just be like, I, I can't do it. You know, my friend Andrea, um, hi, my friend. Hi. Hi. Hello. I don't know if she still listens. She listened when we first started, but you know, she's busy. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't hound my friends to be like, are you listening? I'm not that, uh, you know, self-obsessed. Anyway, um, she, we do a gift exchange and, uh, for, for Galentine's Day. And one year I decided to make her socks. Um, <laughs> and I made one sock because I was concerned it wouldn't fit her. So I only mailed her one sock. Let me tell you, Madison, to this day, she is still waiting for that other sock. I've never <laughs> mailed it to And when I say I've never mailed it, I've never made the other sock. And I have since lost whatever instructions I was using to make this sock, so I couldn't even make her a matching sock if I tried. <laughs> oh my god, it's like she's always waiting for the other sock to drop, you know? It's just... <laughs> Sort yeah, Damocles hanging over I, her head. You know, I don't know. I'm thinking, like, maybe when she turns 35, I'll just give her a sock, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I Or maybe I'll give her a pair of socks. B, 
Because, again, I can't make that exact sock anymore. I don't remember how I made it. Oh, my God. I will say that um, I still often wear, especially, you know, now that it's colder, I still often wear the slippers that you crocheted for me. They are so comfy. I'm so glad. Um, Yeah, my mom texted me the other day. I made her a pair of those slippers. uh, And she texted me the other day and she goes, I'm so glad it's getting colder. I get to wear these. And I'm like, oh, it's not, you know, I don't know. I think I'm of the mind that people don't, because here's the thing. My grandma used to crochet and she made me this like poncho, which I'm sure took her like a long time to make. And I like wore it twice and I just like was like, ew, I don't know. I was a dumb kid, but like that's kind of, but I just imagine that that attitude that I had about that poncho that my grandmother made me, I apply it to any project I give to people. I just assume that they act like they like it and maybe they do in the moment because they understand how much work went into it. But then I imagine it just sits in their closet or in a bucket somewhere. Oh, yeah. No, I um, I made a scarf last year for our sexpert, Nicole, and uh, I saw her yesterday, actually, and she's like, oh, my God, I wore your scarf like twice this week already. And it took me a second to remember that I had made her a scarf. Only because I had that same thing of, like, I'm going to make this for you, and then I assume that it'll be thrown into a void and forgotten forever. And I was, like, super touched. I was like, oh my god. Really? It's still like, you didn't throw it in the fire for kindling? Like, I probably wouldn't anyway, because it definitely has, like, some degree of polyester in it. But, like, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think what we're saying here is crocheting is a weird hobby and Mm -hmm. if you're thinking should i take up crocheting maybe think really long and hard on that because (laughs) it not only is it frustrating it's expensive yeah buying yarn and crocheting or knitting are two separate hobbies yeah Um, yeah 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 it's really hard to reconcile that sometimes so just keep that in mind same thing with sewing buying fabric and sewing two completely different hobbies yeah buying books and reading two different hobbies yeah capitalism and doing stuff two different hobbies (laughs) yeah to to quote sarah marshall it was capitalism all along you know and uh on this podcast, we don't forget about Sarah Marshall because it's a rom-com podcast. No, we podcast. don't. Yeah. I've, I've never seen that. Surprise, surprise. I might make you watch it, but then I'd have to watch it. And I know that's going to upset a lot of people listening to this, that I'm not a big forgetting Sarah Marshall fan. Um, but I, anyway, all right. Chelsea. Um, if you I don't have... like a movie, I have no hope for it yeah it's because your standards are like on the ground (laughs) so if you're like it's not great i have to assume that it's six feet under you know what i mean there's no hope for it it's not even worth tying a bell to its toe like it's just dead i feel that way about a lot of things like as a generally non-practicing bisexual i feel like that about in so many areas of my life uh you know if it doesn't fly by me then 
you know, the the bars in hell, so. But speaking of hell, um, (laughs) what a great transition. I have an underlined uh, gin and tonic here that is just ripe for storytelling. So while I sip on this lacking in lime gin and tonic, will you spin a yarn for me as a crochet pun to tie it all together? Sure. I actually didn't mind that transition. Thank you so much, Madison. I'd like to just give a real big disclaimer that I felt lost trying to write this and I don't have them with me but as a bonus uh maybe we'll post my post-it notes that during (laughs) yeah that I wrote um that was just the most tragic story that has ever been told and I decided that that was so far off the money that I couldn't tell that story and I scrapped it and about 40 minutes before recording this I just decided to come up with something yeah so anyway i don't know we'll see we'll see how this turns out i and really quick i want to jump in and clarify that we're actually recording this like a week after we planned to just because we had some technical issues so does this mean that technical issues saved us from a really tragic story possibly but also i knew it was tragic then and i was just like i guess i'll just wing it and hopefully it'll be not this sad Oh my god. There was a lot of death, a lot of grief in that story. That was yeah, I it, it was the, ba- it, it Is it the lack of vitamin D that you're experiencing in the Pacific Northwest winter? No, like to be completely frank, like I am the happiest I've been in like years. <laughs> but for some reason <laughs> I was like New Year's story and I don't know why my brain's like tragic tragic backstory <laughs> like there was death there was loss of like motivation and hope like I was like this is not a rom-com Chelsea this is like anyway just be glad that that's not the story I'm telling you actually the story I have decided to tell you is I I want to give a shout out to one of my friends uh, because their personal feud, um, is what inspired this story, and I always thought that their personal feud would make a great rom-com, but I just wanted to make it gay. Their, their personal feud isn't gay, but I, of course, I, I wanted this to be gay, because, oh, I wouldn't be me. Oh, by the way, the tragic story was also gay. Like, that didn't change, and really, I should have made the tragic story straight, because they (laughs) should... The heterosexuals can take some of the load off of all the tragic queer stories we've had to suffer through, but I don't know. Anyway, for you today, I have a New Year's story. All right, I need a, I need two women's names. One is a C and one is a J. The C name is our main character. The J is another character. Carla and Jolie. Carla Voss is a lawyer. Gross. She grew up in a quintessential, small, but, like, picturesque town. Grew up in the kind of family that is, like, a conservative's wet dream. You know what I mean? (laughs) Gross. (laughs) And her whole life, she has felt as if she's playing second fiddle to Jolie, 
Jolie Wolf, a doctor, is the mirror image of Carla in so many ways. The Voss and the Wolf families um, have often compared themselves to each other. They grew up two doors down from one another. The mothers were in the same sorority. They each started dating their now husband their junior year. Those couples each have three children, two daughters and then a son, all born in the same order within three months of each other. Carla and Jolie are the middle children. Oh, iconic. They're the kind of family that, like, the moms have all of these great holiday traditions, you know, uh, Carla's mom makes fudge. Jolie's mom makes peppermint bark. They deliver it Christmas Eve. FYI, if you've not been following the fudge list gossip on TikTok, I don't know. You don't know what you're missing. It is juicy. Anywho. <laughs> I need to find... Please send me everything after this. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> I meant to write down that creator's name so I could refer everyone, but <clears throat> alas. Anyway, back to my story. So, both of the dads work at the same accounting firm like they are boring waspy white people to the max like dial turned up to 11 this is the life that they lead their eldest daughters of both the Voss and the Wolf family are exactly what their mothers hoped for when they had a little girl okay their eldest daughters were legacies at their sorority they are also best friends they also got engaged their senior year of college and promptly got married and had 2.5 kids like giving them the best grandchildren perfect age like like they are history is repeating itself and it's very gross the youngest the sons of the Voss and the wolf family are going into finance like their dads but more like tech bro finance like they're very much living you know I said conservative white man's wet dream this is right now our middle children who are our focal points Carla and Jolie they definitely are the kids that their parents didn't really envision right they're both ambitious women, which is not necessarily what their parents thought they would have of their girls, but they're also not, like, completely turned off by it. But both Carla and Jolie's mom are very much like, why aren't you married? Where are my grandchildren? And they're both like, you already have 2.5 kids. And also, like, my brother just got engaged. So, like, you're going to get some more. Like, can you hold off for five seconds? I'm focusing on my career. But Mm -hmm. remember how I said Carla has always felt like she's playing second fiddle to Jolie. Well, that is because of a New Year's tradition of both the Voss and the Wolf families. Because, yes, they share more than just all this other creepy stuff. Their families, their parents, together write one of the most annoying New Year's letters ever. It is the kind of letter that highlights all of the milestones and all of the accomplishments of their children, their grandchildren. They talk about the vacations they went on that year. They talk about, 
you know, things they're grateful for and things like that. And they mail it out the first week of the year. It's their New Year's letter. And also it contains a lot of their hopes for the new year. Now, this has been going on since Carla and Jolie were young, grade school age. It's unclear when this started, but it seemed to start around the same time because as far as Carla and Jolie are concerned, their families have been doing these letters forever. They may predate their very existence. Unclear. (laughs) But every year, they each receive the opposite family's letter in the mail. And each year, Carla's mother has a tradition of sitting there and reading it with her tea, enjoying every moment of it, her sorority sister, and all the news of their family, even though they live two doors down and, like, this is very much common knowledge. They see each other all the time. But she's made it a point to sit there and then she likes to reach out to her children. Her one child in particular, Carla, who is not everything that uh, she would have wanted out of her daughter. And she likes to compare Mm, the two of them, right? Because Jolie is Carla's counterpart, right? They're very close in age. They grew up together. There's all of this kind of weird, freaky twin type things happening with with the mm-hmm. both of the families. And so naturally, Carla has always get, been compared to Jolie. They graduate high school and Carla graduated magna cum laude. Uh, oh, Jolie graduated summa cum laude. And oh, you're pre-law? She's pre-med. Oh, you're taking the... You you aced your LSATs? Well, guess who got this incredible, unheard of score on the MCATs? Oh, you just got hired? Like, you passed the bar and got hired at this uh, great law firm? Well, guess who just started a residency at some incredible hospital? Probably fucking John Hopkins or something. I don't know. All of my medical knowledge comes from Grey's Anatomy, so... I do know that's a real hospital, but (laughs) anyway, seems prestigious, right? It's that kind of thing. It's like, no matter what Carla does, Jolie does that and possibly more. And so Carla has felt this resentment toward Jolie her entire life because it's hard enough to grow up in a family where your idea of how you want to lead your life does not mesh or it doesn't really fit in with the trajectory of everybody else in your family. Like, it's hard enough to be the black sheep. It's hard enough to be the, in this case, rainbow sheep, right? Like, we haven't even gotten to that (laughs) level. But, like, also, like, the one person who in a lot of ways shares a lot of maybe the same feelings is like you 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 can't bring yourself to like that person because you're so angry at them for honestly reasons that are not their own. It's not as if Jolie has been trying to one up Carla her whole life. It's just that because of the proximity and because of the similarity of these two families, Jolie Wolf is Carla Voss's enemy, her nemesis. Yeah, Much like a purple villain in a Marvel series. It's inevitable. (laughs) So here we are into the holiday season, right? Thanksgiving, 
Christmas. And Carla has had a really big year career-wise. She just wants to be, is longing to be the star of her parents' letter. Because, right, they have two other kids that have their lives. So it's like all of the kids get written about. And every year she just feels like even though she has busted her ass, she doesn't seem to stand out from her two siblings. Doesn't seem like her parents are any more proud of her. In fact, there are always these snide little comments We're so excited to, you know, share with everyone that Carla made junior partner at her firm, right? Like this big, like huge thing. And then it's immediately undercut by now that she's more settled in her career, we can't wait for her, like, you know, for her to get married and have kids, basically. Like that's, that's not what's said directly, but that's like kind of like, okay, she's done all this stuff. Surely she can throw it all away to do what we actually want her to do. Carla is like, okay, this year is going to be my year because she has been dating a woman. I need a M name. I don't think I've ever met anyone with an M name, truthfully. Uh, But let's go with Mariah. Carla has been with Mariah for two years her parents are aware that they're together um they're always very nice they like mariah they're always very nice to mariah and carla is convinced that this christmas she's getting engaged which is not the kind of life milestone that she has always had the way that maybe some other people would but she is looking forward to spending her life with mariah and like they've been together for a while and She is looking forward to be able to get the attention that honestly she really wants for her career, but knows that she will only get in terms of her personal life. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to get me. I'm going to get engaged this Christmas, which means my engagement is going to be the highlight of this year's New Year's letter. And she knows for a fact that Jolie broke up with her girlfriend six months ago. Which means that even if she gets a date, they're not getting engaged at Christmas. And so she thinks, finally, this is my fucking year. I'm going to be the top dog. And then Mm -hmm. my parents will get off my back. My mom will have nothing but glowing things to say because I'm in a relationship that is, you know, ready to include the government. And, you know, right, like (laughs) it's going to be great. So they go home for Thanksgiving. Everything goes great. There's dumb political conversations in which Mariah and Carla get very heated. There is lots of food. There is a bunch of merriment. They're decorating after Thanksgiving. They're decorating for Christmas. And Mariah volunteers to go to get more lights for the tree, you know, every year you bring out the lights and inevitably several of them are dead and some years you have extra ones, but this year they didn't. So Mariah's like, I will go. And Carla's like, great, I'll come with you. And while they're out, Carla lets it slip out that, uh, or at least alludes to, 
the fact that she's expecting an engagement ring under the tree this year. Mm. And Mariah, out of the blue, says, well, why would we get married? And you might be thinking to yourself, shouldn't this have been a conversation? Like, if you are so goddamn sure that you're going to get engaged, like, surely you and your partner have discussed this You would hope. You would hope. Well, apparently, the previous conversation that Carla and Raya had was heard by each of these women two very different ways. And so while Carla thought they were for sure getting engaged, uh, Mariah thought that both of them were on the same page that, you know, marriage wasn't necessarily for them. They don't need to prove their love, their commitment to people by throwing a big party, blah, blah, blah. And so now there's a conundrum internally for, for Carla. And it's one of those things where... On the outside, it feels like a trivial difference because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you love this person. You want to build a life with this person. Does the piece of paper saying that you are legally entitled to half their stuff and can make medical decisions like pulling them off life support? Like, does that really matter? Does it? So on the one hand, seems trivial. On the other hand, Carla is realizing in this moment that she cares a lot about whether or not they get married. And it isn't just because she wants the piece of paper that's going to more or less solidify her relationship to the rest of her family and, like, their community. Mm -hmm. She's realizing that she has, like, emotional, like, ties to this type of relationship that she didn't realize she had. She very much thought it was rooted in wanting to please her parents and get a leg up on on Jolie. Now she's realizing, yeah. no, I actually care about this. And if this person doesn't want this, then like, I think we just have to part ways. And so Carla makes the mm. very courageous and healthy decision to consciously uncouple with Mariah. That's so Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Now, as many sapphics do, best of friends, even after a two-year-long relationship. Look, I say that if you're able to maintain friendships after the breakup, I used to be the type of bitch who is like, why would you maintain a friendship at, you know, after a relationship ends? But that's only because I've only, up to that point, had only had, like, messy-ass breakups. So if it's not a messy-ass breakup... Just be friends. Be friends that once potentially, if you're into it, stuck your tongue in each other's mouths. You know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. All I can think of is there was this YouTuber that made this video or I don't I don't know that this is what the video was about, but I just remember them saying that. How do I know that I'm like if I'm a gay woman, like how do I no, I'm not attracted to my friends. And her response was, because I don't want to put my tongue in their mouths. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. It's like, I love you dearly, but um, I'm keeping me to myself. You keep you to yourself. Right as rain. I know. It's weird because people all like people are like, 
Oh, did you find out that you're bisexual because you had that, like, one really close female friendship that ended, like, really messy? And it's like, look, did I have a female friendship that ended really messy? Yes. Uh, Was it because we had feelings for each other? No. It's just because we each made some poor decisions. Her definitely more than me because I'm perfect. But yeah, apparently that's the very common signifier of, did you have like a really formative, messy female friendship? It's like, no, I never wanted to stick my tongue in her mouth. That's perfect. So anyway, Carla and Mariah, they can just be friends that used to stick their tongues in each other's mouth. It's cool. (laughs) It's chill. They are adults. They are mature. But now we are fastly approaching Christmas. It is 13 days before Christmas, and much like myself, Carla has not finished making that sweater, except that instead of that sweater, she she, uh, doesn't have a relationship to parade around. In fact, she's getting a lot of, like, pitying glances and comments from her family. Then her mother says, oh, isn't it so nice? I was talking to Jolie's mom the other day and she told me that Jolie is starting is in this new relationship. And apparently it is definitely looking like they are headed towards marriage. I know it's soon, but, you know, Jolie's mom, she just has this feeling. She's got a good feeling about this one, Carla. She's got a good feeling. I have cast the mom so well, and I want you to know <laughs> that within the first, like, four minutes of you telling the story, I already had both of the moms cast, and <laughs> Carla's mom I had cast immediately, and it's so perfect. Jesus. Moms, <laughs> let me, let me, let me just actually, if I can, just because I'm wildin' tonight, um, I'm gonna put a PSA out. For all family members, all friends, especially mothers, fathers, and distant family members who don't know much about you but are forced to pretend like they know what's going on in your life at holiday get-togethers, do not take the fuck bitches get money approach to holiday conversation. And what I mean by that is do not ask about romantic relationships. And do not ask about work. Don't ask about those things. Don't ask who I'm banging. Don't ask how I make my bucks. Banging and bucks off the table. All right? That's not holiday dinner conversation. Okay, I know I'm never the one to bring this up, but, like, I really want us to make t-shirts that say, you don't know who I'm banging or how I make my bucks or like something (laughs) like that banging in bucks ain't your business like yes I uh, because that's just like oh that's so funny okay I I I know I yeah I I know you already got me a Christmas present but if you want to make me a t-shirt Madison that says some version of that we'll we'll workshop (laughs) it banging in bucks ain't your business (laughs) oh my my banging and bucks ain't your business yes my banging and bucks ain't your business oh my because honestly like also 
I never want to experience, and I know that I will, okay? I know that I will. But I never want to experience in real life someone looking me dead in the eyes and saying, we're trying for a baby. I don't want that. Ugh, no, I don't want to hear it. One, babies are gross. That's not the bigger point. The bigger point is I don't, <laughs> don't want to know. You know, I, I don't I, I, I don't want to know what you do. That's. Your banging and bucks are not my business. We'll just make two versions of the same <laughs> same shirt. Or maybe that'll be on the back. Your banging yes. and bucks ain't my business. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I need to learn how to cross stitch. I don't have the patience for it, but that's a good cross stitch. You know what's so funny? I'm pretty sure last year we had the same conversation uh, when we watched that one movie. Oh my gosh. And yes. I think our tagline was don't be nosy. Yes. Don't yeah. be fucking nosy. Again, don't be fucking, don't be nosy. fucking nosy. Banging in bucks ain't your business. Oh my gosh. Ay, ay, ay. I love that so much. Um, can someone please just even just like design it on Canva or something and shoot it our way? I'll make stickers. I just, yeah, you know what? I would love, I would love someone to just make fan art, but of our non-existent merch. That would make me Mm -hmm. so, so happy. Yeah, I think, I think I really only have two that I need to see come to fruition. And, um, obviously now one of them is, um, my banging and bucks ain't your business, and the second one is support your local libraries, make them order gay shit. Incredible, yes. I think that's the best things we've ever said. Yeah. But I've interrupted your story, okay? It's okay, so- I'm trying to get back on track. So, Carla's mom, and it's like the one thing that Carla didn't need to hear was that Jolie is apparently in this incredible relationship, and Jolie's mom really thinks it's headed somewhere. Carla, you know, in the midst of holiday merriment leaves, finds the local queer watering hole, if you will, the place where the the Legitibiquas go to meet up. Los Jibities. The Los Jibities <laughs> commune. <laughs> Have you also had a genitonic? No, I have not. In fact, the only the the only alcohol in this house is sealed. (laughs) Open. She goes to meet up with the eligibility community. (laughs) (laughs) The eligibility community. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. So, yep, she goes to, she goes to meet up with some queers because she's upset. And of course, who does she run into? It's Jolie. And she's trying to avoid her because even though in her heart she's angry at Jolie, she's a smart lady, right? She's a fucking lawyer that is junior partner at her firm. Like she she is very intelligent. She knows. She's also been to therapy, okay? 
She's emotionally yeah. intelligent as well. So she knows that this resentment that she has towards Jolie is not about Jolie. It's about her mom and Jolie's mom. It's just been directed at Jolie all these years. So she's just trying to avoid her because uh, she doesn't need to get into it. She it, This isn't Jolie's problem. And honestly, if Jolie has found someone and she's happy, then like, good for her. She's going to go look for someone to make some bad choices with because she can be smart and stupid at the same time. <laughs> Feminism. Slay. <laughs> yes. Be a bimbo. That's yeah. my brand. Yeah. Smart and less smart at the same time. Contain multitudes. She picks someone up at the bar and as they're leaving, Jolie stops her because Jolie's like, oh, how have you been doing? Well, of course, while Carla is aware that Jolie's in a new relationship, Jolie is apparently unaware that Carla has just consciously uncoupled from her two-year relationship. And so Jolie makes that, you know, I know this little bit about you. Oh, how's Mariah doing? Like, so now Carla has to just, well, honestly, that what Carla does is just to not answer. She's just like, oh, yeah, Mariah's great. Like, and it's very awkward. And Jolie can tell that it's awkward. She can tell that, like, something's off. But also Jolie and Carla are not friends. They're the kind of people that, like, they've grown up their entire lives knowing each other. Their families are really close. So they have a closeness through proximity, but they themselves have not developed a, like, close, deep, personal connection to one another. And honestly, since they've left for college and moved out, they've seen far less of each other, which is so it's easier for them to not be friends. Like, they were probably more akin to friends when they were younger and at the same functions all the time and such. So, but Jolie can tell something's wrong, but she's not going to ask because Carla's not her friend. They leave. Fast forward. We are past Christmas at the, it's like the New Year's Eve Eve party. So New Year's Adam. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it comes it's before the, Eve. Uh-huh. It's the New Year's Adam party that Jolie's family throws every year. Of course, Carla has to go out of familial obligation. Her plan is to go have a drink, make niceties with people, and leave and go home to her adorable floofy cat named Oliver and snuggle and read a book and go to bed and neglect her crocheting. I love that. That's her plan. That plan doesn't really work out for her because her mother has cornered her along with Jolie's mother, where they are just, oh my goshing, about their eldest daughters, aka the favorites, who are both, surprise, surprise, pregnant again, and oh both God. have due dates within five days of each other. <laughs> have they figured out what causes that? Like, <laughs> just asking for children. Yeah, have they figured out what causes mm. the t the terminal illness of pregnancy? Yeah, I I don't think they have. Uh, uh oops, damn, it's terrible. 
So they're ooing and aahing. They're going to be grandmamas again. Oh my gosh. They just couldn't believe it. They're reminiscing about the old days and they've somehow roped Carla into this. She like cannot get away. She's been cornered and she's having to hear all of these dumb anecdotes that she's heard 25 times before about how, you know, they met each other the first day when they were rushing the sorority and blah, 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 blah. Insert every dumb thing that they think is like whoa and Carla's like this is uninteresting at best (laughs) and then of course they move on to their sons the baby boys that can do no wrong who are just cutting up Wall Street or whatever they're doing I don't really know what you do on Wall Street except for probably war crimes and then of course now it's moved on to Carla and Jolie who are being given the treatment that they're always given, you know. It's just, you work so hard, you know. I just really hope that you take some time for yourself and, you know, make time for the stuff that's important in life, you know. Like, there's always going to be money, but, you know, you want to make sure that you can have stuff to look back on, you know, good memories and, you know, people to take care of you in your old age because that's the only reason to have children, apparently. Oh, my God. That (laughs) triggers me so much because I have had so many people will be like Madison one it's always a thing of you say you don't want children now but you'll change your mind bitch no I'm not gonna change my mind have fun with that um but also just the idea of like who's gonna take care of you when you're old um hopefully some really hot fucking nurses in my nursing home like I hope that they're fucking ripped I would pay them extra to verbally harass them about how good their butt looks in scrubs. Like, that's who's going to be taking care of me. Or just throw me in the sin. It's fine. It's a lot of that. And Carla can see where this is headed. It's headed right to the she's no longer with Mariah. And how, you know, Jolie's in this great new relationship. And at this point, they see Jolie and the person that Jolie is with who, to Carla's surprise, looks a lot like not a woman. (laughs) And like, and, you know, Carla's like, well, I mean, I guess I could be wrong. You know, maybe, maybe Jolie is, maybe she's interested in, in men, you know, okay, like, I guess. But like, Carla is watching the two of them. And she's like, these people, they're not act, like, especially if you're only, like, four months, three or four months into a relationship, they are not acting like googly-eyed teenagers. They are not acting like people that have probably just said, I love you for the first time. They are not acting, like, right, like, they definitely seem to like each other and know each other, but they don't seem to be together. Jolie and Carla's moms are like, oh my gosh, come over here, come over here, come over here. As this is all happening, she's looking at Jolie and she's looking at Jolie's mom. She's looking at her mom and she's looking at whoever the hell this guy is. And she's realizing these two are not together. And she can see it on Jolie's face. She can see that Jolie's mom has decided that they're together mistakenly and has been so excited about it. And so now she's amused because Jolie's not in a relationship 
And she's realizing, and maybe this is a little mean, Jolie's life isn't perfect. That her mom also wishes she had a different daughter. That her mom also wants to change things about her life and wants her to adhere to certain standards. And so she's she's so amused by this fact because in her years of being bitter that she was always compared to Jolie, she never really stopped to think about the fact that the same might be true for Jolie. <laughs> yeah. That perhaps she, Carla, is Jolie's Jolie. Like, she is <laughs> Jolie's nemesis. She is this epitome of accomplishment that she could never live up to. And perhaps, in all of the ways that their families are similar, this is just another reason that they are similar. They have both, both families have treated their middle children the same way. And so, after they finally extricate themselves from the corner that the moms have uh, put them into. They go out onto the patio. It's a little cold, but it's the only place that their mothers won't follow them. And she goes, what the heck? She's so amused that she's not even censoring herself because she knows exactly what's happened. And in it's a very weird moment, right? It's a moment in which, like, you've humanized your nemesis and even if you've been intellectually understood that this person was not your enemy, it's like now she's emotionally understanding that this person's not her enemy. In fact, this person, in a lot of ways, could have been an ally throughout these all these years. That, like, there could have been a beautiful friendship. But also, it doesn't have to be in the past. She could potentially use this moment as an in to make a really great friend who can understand all of the terrible things that they have to deal with and put up with from their families. And so that's what she does. She decides in that moment, I'm going to be friends with this person and maybe we can help each other survive the New Year's letters. And so they're talking. All of this comes out. Jolie introduces her friend, I've already named him. His name is Ethan. Great. I love it. I've never loved a name more. He's a doctor friend, both able to get the night off. They're actually roommates. And they were roommates. And they were roommates. You know, they're chatting and they end up out there so long that their little toes get all frosty. Ethan has said, I'm out. I promised you an hour of my time. I want to go home and sleep because I have some terrible 15-hour days coming up at the hospital Ooh. and I don't want to be here anymore. And Jolie's like, great, love you, see you at home. And then her and Carla just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then they get on the topic of the New Year's letters. And Jolie says, you know, I always kind of hated you because all my mom ever talks about is how Carla is a lawyer and I understand that you're like saving people's lives but like you know she so professional and 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 business like and I don't know she whatever the hell somebody that wanted their kid to be a lawyer or thinks it's always greener or 
thinks maybe a lawyer works less hours than a doctor does. Carla's like, oh my god, no, my mom does that with you all the time. All I ever hear about is how you're this great doctor, you know, I could have gone into medicine, I'd probably meet a nice man or woman there and, you know, we wouldn't argue with each other the way that we do in the law profession or whatever her mother has decided the law profession is. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No one knows what it is. No one knows what the law is. Oh, uh, it's made up. Just we've like seen, everything. We've else. seen suits like one time and we're like, I know what the law is. I know the law. So they exchange numbers and they're like, gonna be great, uh, blah blah blah. And then Carla's like, Oh, are you gonna be at my family's New Year's party tomorrow night? And uh, Jolie says, oh, no, unfortunately, I, I, you know, I have a shift at the hospital, which is why my mom really gave me a hard time about making sure I was here tonight because I wasn't going to be able to make it to your family's party. And, you know, she was like, it's the only time we all get to be together, blah, blah, blah. The next evening, they're at the New Year's party. Carla is there and it's essentially the same party. Like, one of them has chose to have a New Year's Adam party. One of them has chosen to have a New Year's Eve party. But they're essentially, it's the same group of people. All the same people are invited. It's just two houses down from where the other party was in a house that is, like, mirror opposite. It's the, almost the same layout. Like, they're, why, why do these two, why don't they just co-host them? You know, go back and forth between the two say, houses. The canapes are identical. Exactly, right? They have the same caterer. They're exactly the same. And Carla's sitting there and she's like, this is dumb. Why am I here? Like, I could be doing literally anything else. And for some unknown reason, she finds herself wandering over to the hospital because she's not really sure why, but she just kind of wishes that Jolie was there because... She's now realizing that they just have so much in common. So she finds herself headed to the hospital. And once she gets there, she's like, what? I don't even know how to find her. Like, also, she's a doctor. Like, this is her place of work. You know, it's not going to be like when they're always seem to be at lunch or like whatever in insert doctor show, you know, like. Mm hmm. But she remembers from all of those letters that Jolie works in pediatrics. And so she heads on over that way, thinking maybe she'll, you know, find her. And she's kind of in the lobby area, waiting room. And she's trying to work up the nerve to go and ask the nurse that's at the desk whether or not you know, Dr. Wolf is in tonight. And then she hears this unmistakable laugh coming from a couple doors down. And so she kind of just meanders over there and she sees Jolie with this kid and they are laughing hysterically over a Monsters Incorporated sticker or something, a coloring coloring sticker book combo those exist right for sure if not uh i have a new business idea for you 
we can make uh support your local library make them order gay shit for you and my your my banging in bucks ain't your business sticker slash coloring pages perfect it'll just be a laughs coloring slash sticker book with all the iconic things we've ever said so it'll be like five pages long but (laughs) (laughs) i love it it'll be a coloring pamphlet so she she sees this and she kind of is lingering and and she's like oh my god like so funny like i remember we went and saw that movie when we were in late elementary middle school and uh you know like she's just kind of thinking back and then all of a sudden a dr wolf looks up and sees her and then Carla is oh crap like why am I even here like I have literally no business being here at all like on the hospital premises period not just in like in this doorway hovering but like all or in this uh wing of the hospital or you know whatever I I have no business here instead of asking Carla why are you here Jolie just says that boring huh because she realizes that, like, okay, she went and found the one person that can understand how stupid these parties are. Jilly's like, oh, you know, I, in about 30 minutes, I, you know, I have, like, a 20-minute break. Do you want to meet me for coffee? Carla does, and they have a really great time. And they look at the clock, and they realize that it's almost midnight. And they decide to count down together. That's when Carla makes perhaps the dumbest mistake of her life. And as they count down to midnight, she leans over and she kisses Jolie. Wow. I love it. Also, here's the thing. Um, If you ever, you know, feel like, oh, will I? Won't I? Will they? Won't they? When it comes to a little little smoochity smooch smooch. New Year's Eve. Corner them. New Year's Eve. It feels like a weird obligation to just, you know, mack up on somebody. Or just always have mistletoe in your pocket and just then, like, throw it into the doorway. Like, oh, it should be like, do you remember those? <laughs> at when, Do you remember when you were kids and you'd have, like, a quarter and you'd put it in that gumball machine that was, like, outside of a restaurant, like, in the vestibule area? And then it was, like, those mm-hmm. gummy hands that you would throw against a wall on a vaulted ceiling and, and then you could in, never like, get it down. and lint. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you attach mistletoe to one of those, and then you just like whoop, bam, and it's all of a sudden in the doorway, and you're like, oh well, rules are rules. I love that. That sounds perfect to me. Anyway, so she she kisses her, and the minute that she does it, she realizes like, oh my god, I cannot be this ridiculous. And she immediately starts backtracking and apologizing. And then all of a sudden, Jolie kisses her back. Oh, girl. Hell yeah. We love some reciprocity. <laughs> that That's a legal word. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love, like, I've never worked in the legal field. Like, I, 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 it's like I've never worked in the legal field. 
Oh my god, I totally forgot that. I should have not made her a lawyer. You're like secretly hating Carla. No, it's okay. I've she doesn't work in she... personal injuries, so Yeah, I was about to say she doesn't She work actually in works injury. in uh she actually works in uh intellectual property. Hot. Okay, perfect. She can help us trademark uh our our slogans. They break away and Jolie just says I'm really sorry, but I, I have to get back to work. Will you please call, like, I'll call you or can you call me? Like, we should get together, like, and Carla's like, okay, in a bit of days because she didn't really expect that to happen, but is also like, I'm not gonna say no to this gorgeous woman, right? It's hard to say no to a gorgeous woman. It, it is. A gorgeous person in general, but I digress. Gorgeous women will make you do crazy things. Uh, stop gorgeous women from taking over the world 2024. Not a platform I support. Let them do it. So now it's the new year. Carla has definitely resolved a lot of old feelings regarding Jolie. She's walking into the new year lighter, a little bit unsure, a little bit hopeful for the first time in a long time, and Mm -hmm. for the right reasons. And then we fast forward. They, They go on a couple of cute coffee dates. They haven't really talked at length about what transpired New Year's Eve but they've also not ignored it. We can just see what this is. It doesn't have to be anything. There's no pressure. We arrive at the day. The day everyone and absolutely no one marks on their calendars except for Jolie and Carla's mothers. That's the day that infamous New Year's letters get sent out. And for the first time in probably ever, Carla does not feel compelled to read the wolf family letter nor does she feel compelled to go over and over and over with a fine tooth comb her own family's letter instead she's kind of like whatever so the two letters which have been sent to her because you know she's an adult she gets she gets her own letters now she's out of the house she puts them in a stack of like ulta coupons and bath and body works thing you know like junk mail mm-hmm. and she kind of forgets about them she continues to go out with jolie they seem to be having a great time they're getting along fabulously they even oh she even makes friends with ethan uh a another queer doctor uh you know they're He, you know, they can't all hang out all the time because of, you know, scheduling, but, you know, they, but they all understand each other's schedules, which is really great. It's something that while she was able to work out, like, with Mariah, you know, Mariah understood, like, if there's just something else about having someone that has an equally busy schedule that just really can appreciate the time that you have together and doesn't feel this sense of, like, frustration the way that other people do, then... She's at home for a dinner one night and her mom is sitting there and she's going on and on and on about 
Jolie. And it's really weird because for the first time in her life, Carla is not, doesn't have this like fire inside of her gut that like is threatening to boil over and send steam out her ears. Instead, Mm -hmm. she is like, oh my God, I am incredibly charmed by this woman. I am hearing, even through the weird Jolie mom filter, like Jolie mom, Jolie's mom's version of things, right? Mm-hmm. And I am completely enchanted. The whole Voss family is there and having dinner, and the younger brother and the older sister, Carla's siblings, are like, "Oh my God, you're in love with Jolie." Crazy. And Carla's like, "What?" And they're like. Every year you roll your eyes, but you look, like, googly-eyed this year. What the heck? And, of course, Carla's mom is like, she does not love Jolie. Jolie is in a new relationship with a wonderful boy named Ethan. Like, calm down. (laughs) Just because your sister is a gay doesn't mean she's gay for everyone. I'm a mom. I'm hip. I am an ally. Okay. <laughs> LGBTT. <laughs> LGBTT. LGBTT. Ally. Um <laughs> and Carla's like, oh my god, I am falling for this girl real hard. Yeah. She leaves the dinner. She is gonna go over to Jolie's house. But when she gets to Jolie's house, Jolie answers the door and seems frustrated and annoyed and pissed off. And she can't figure out why. And she's asking her, like, are you okay? Like, what happened? Like, you seem, like, off. Jolie's, like... I'm confused. I thought you and Mariah broke up. And Carla's like, yeah, we did. Like, yeah, back, like, right after Thanksgiving. And she's like, okay, but, you know, when I got the family letter, I just assumed, like, either your mom didn't know or she just was saying nice things about Mariah because you guys are still on good terms, but... When I I was over at my mom's for dinner, my mom was talking about Mariah and how your mom is just really excited about this new chapter in your life. Can you just, like, explain what she's talking about? And Carla's so confused. Carla's like, what? What on earth is going on? I'm not with Mariah. Also, like, my mom likes Mariah, but also, like, we are not engaged. Mariah has no intention of getting married at all. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And, well, it turns out that although their mothers are, quote-unquote, the best of friends, um, perhaps this... New Year's letter tradition started not from a friendly place, but from a place of needing to one-up each other. Mm, Yeah. And so it is in this scene where usually 
our rom-coms would have a third act breakup and it would be all kinds of oh my gosh or realizing feelings and instead what we have is two women both from very similar families realizing for the first time in their life that this these letters have never been about anyone except for their mothers they have gotten down to the bottom of it and so although their mothers are quote-unquote friends they are actually quote-unquote enemies they are frenemies and have been for years And they have been embellishing their children's accomplishments, milestones, uh, big news for years. Apparently, this year, Carla's mom went a little too far when she decided to not edit out the part of her letter that was gushing about Mariah, the beautiful woman she hopes to call her someday daughter-in-law. But the part that is concerning to Carla is that in the letter Jolie has, it sounds like she and Mariah are getting engaged, like Carla and Mariah. But in a letter that she saw from her mother, it doesn't seem like that. Wow. I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. Yes. Like, God damn it, Sandra. That's what I've named her. The mom's name is Sandra. It's Sandra and Ellen. Uh, Sandra is Carla's mom. Ellen is Jolie's mom. It turns out that not only have they been embellishing what has been happening they've also been like hand tailoring news for the recipient of these letters and i need you to know how insane this is because they don't just send these letters out to like 10 people they send these letters out to like a hundred plus people every year it's longer than the fudge list okay oh my god and they have tailored versions of the letter for different people, depending on what those people would find most interesting slash impressive. And both of them have been doing this. Both of them. Jesus. And so they decide to have a little intervention for their mothers, for Sandra and Ellen, because the madness has to stop. Is it not enough that their childhoods were filled with unnecessary feelings of inferiority and resentment towards each other? But must these women affect the lives of hundreds of other people and not just their own children? Must they continue with this propaganda? <laughs> That their families are picture perfect in every single way. How about some real shit? And so they have a beautiful, beautiful joint monologue where they share all of their families' respective shortcomings. Amazing. It's a combo of the When Harry Met Sally New Year's speech and the Fuck You But Thank You Ted Lasso speech. Ah, so... So mentally horny for that. That is incredible. (laughs) That is honestly like the monologue to end all monologues. And after it's over, 
They look at each other. They look at their mothers. Their mothers are feeling like got their tails between their legs a little bit, trying not to make eye contact. They know they're quote unquote in trouble for the BS that they've been performing throughout the whole year. But while that's going on, Jolie and Carla are realizing their feelings for each other and they have both just confronted their mothers. They have both put their mothers in their place, something that they've been struggling with for years. They have allowed these women to make themselves feel small despite all of their incredibly hard work and accomplishments, both professional and otherwise. Like, they are both full, beautiful, vibrant human beings and they have allowed these women to make them feel dim when they are not. They are categorically sunshine and rainbows. Of course, they're rainbows. But anyway, (laughs) they're beautiful people. They're great people. They have so much to offer the world. They have so much to offer their families. They have so much to offer their communities. And so they have literally stood here and said no more. And that is freeing to experience. But it's also like incredibly awe-inspiring and a little bit hot to watch someone else do that. And so for the first time, them being on parallel courses has kind of made them crash in to one another in this beautiful swirl of release and positivity and like coming into your own but also they are like love this other person and they realize this and so then we get a second shorter more concise speech from them in which they profess their feelings for each other they want to give this a real shot they want to say it out loud say it proud a happy new year to all and to all a good night I love that. I love, honestly, I love sort of the lack of drama. Like, the drama is very understated because it's just, like, this constant thrum throughout most of the movie. Like, this tension is Mm -hmm. sort of omnipresent. And so I really like that the, you know, sort of climactic moment isn't this it's not horrendous it's not gut-wrenching it's not like it's a big profession and it's a a big moment but it's not it's not a miscommunication the climax is the act of communicating which I think we don't see enough in romantic comedies so often the you know climax is a point of this you know grand miscommunication I like that you kind of turned it on its head and was like no actually it's going to be communication and I think that we're able to do that because it's gay (laughs) yeah straight people don't know how to communicate that's just a fact but the gays do nothing but gab I kind of want that on a shirt. The gays do nothing but gab. We're really creating some really solid merch. I love that. I'll also have a coloring sheet for you of one of these three options for Christmas. That's what I'll do. I'll make sure you get a coloring sheet. Chelsea, if it's if it's not too soon, uh, I have been brainstorming a cast this entire time. I have cast people that we didn't name. I've given them names. Um, can I, can I give you my cast? I can I, I, yes, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm very excited to see. Perfect. All right. 
So, actually, the only one that I don't feel strongly about is actually Carla. So, if you have a Carla alternate, I will accept that. But the rest of them, I'm actually pretty set. Um, I will not be taking notes. Thank you. Alright, so, Carla, I would like to be Diana Agron. Okay. Uh, Jolie is Daisy Ridley. I will not be taking notes. The dads will be played by Peter Gallagher and Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Wait, 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 who's, who's, who's dad? Um, Peter Gallagher is going to be Jolie's dad. Pierce Brosnan is going to be Carla's dad. Okay, okay. The mothers will be played by Christine Baranski. Oh my That's God. Sandra, Carla's uh-huh. mom. And Mary Steenberg will be playing Ellen who is uh, Jolie's mother. So I thought that that would kind of pair nicely. This is an Uh, incredible cast. Thank you so much. Mariah will be played by Vanessa Morgan. Oh, ooh. Ethan will be played by Patrick J. Adams. Okay, okay, okay. Just because I thought that he looked like your standard, like, mediocre educated white man Mm -hmm. and so I was like ah perfect that's exactly who uh, Mary Steenberg would want to pawn off on her lesbian daughter and then um, actually the most important casting uh, and again I will be taking no notes Uh, Oliver the cat will be played (laughs) by one of my favorite internet cats whose name is Walter he is a fluffy orange cat uh, that is kind of shaped like a Dorito. I kind of want to fight you only because when I have pictured Oliver, it was V.E. Schwab's cat, Chauncey, who is this fluffy, gray, most adorable cat. Like, I consider daily fighting my way to Edinburgh because, not just because I'd love to go to Scotland, but because... I want to steal their cat. You can't steal their cat. That's their cat. I know that would be so mean and they would hate me and then they would bar me from reading their books. But like, I mean it as a compliment. Chauncey's so cute. He's just full we'll just... of fluff. He's a floof. He's just a floof. We will, um, we'll screen test and see who has the best chemistry uh, and go from there. So we'll we have we have two options basically. Yeah, and then I know that we have to cast uh, obviously the most important person in this cast, which is one Mr. Stanley Tucci. And I don't know what possessed me. Um, I come I came up with several options, but for some reason. I really wanted Stanley Tucci to be the caterer at the New Year's Adam and the New Year's Eve parties. Maybe it's his new line of cookware. I don't know. And he, like, constantly looks into the camera, but, like, not into the actual camera. But, like, when he's talking to a person, he's, like, as if he's looking to the camera like he's on a mockumentary to, Mm -hmm. like, promote some kind of 
cookware or maybe maybe he makes like a salsa or something or like some kind of condiment that he jars and sells and so like he is a caterer and he is very good but he is like very much wants you to buy his steak sauce or something i (laughs) (laughs) and so like and like it's like named after him or something and so then he's just like steak sauce and then he like looks up and everyone's like the fuck is this guy looking at oh my god it would be so iconic if like he was there and anytime that someone complimented like oh my gosh did you try these zucchini bites like they taste like they're marinated in like a really good steak sauce or whatever and he just pops up with a bottle next to him and be like oh i heard that you liked this would you like the sauce it's $8 a bottle. Do you want my sauce? It's $8. Do you want it? I'll order you a case right now. $64 with shipping. It's $8 or you can get just three for 20 It would be or three for 20 here. You got kids? You can buy them each a bottle. Three for 20 I do. Funnier. I do. <laughs> I will provide two establishments. So you, got, you got a restaurant. I give you... I give you a thirty percent discount on, <laughs> on all the steak sauce. Be, it would be so funny if the running joke was he was like, "All right, all right, all right. Here's the thing, I'll give you one for eight or three for twenty four. I know it's a deal. I know it's a steal. I'll give you three for twenty four. <laughs> no pretend, wait, make like, it be terrible at math. No, no, no. Make it be terrible at math. <laughs> it's actually a dollar more to buy yes. three. Like, make it be three for 25. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, and, like, have everyone be doing the mental math. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, yeah, it's like you're charging me more? I don't understand. But then oh he God, doesn't yeah. get it. So he's like, well, of course it would be more than $8. Like, I'm giving you three bottles. So, like, yes, it's going to be more. Like, what? <laughs> what? What? Discount? What do I look like? The Goodwill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Perfect. But maybe um, he also has a side job or something, so we see him doing something earlier, but he's still... So, like, it makes kind of sense that he'd be promoting his steak sauce as a caterer, but maybe he also is, like, the mall Santa, and so, like... (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, he's on a break, and and the adults see him behind the, like, igloo or whatever with, um, or whatever, the sleigh. Not an igloo. Mm-hmm. The sleigh uh, talking to one of the elves, and he's like, three for 25. It's a deal. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a steal. Yeah, he's oh stealing a dollar from you. <laughs> and then and then in the post credit scenes where they have, like, whatever, it'll, it will get, like, a bunch of photos that'll be, it'll kind of be like, look, not to invoke the sapphic Christmas movie that everybody hates for some reason, uh, but, like, in Happiest Season where they have the Instagram posts at the end, and it'll be, like, updates on all the family members, but then there'll be one that's, like, or there'll be two. There'll be one that says that Stanley Tucci steak sauce guy is, like, 
you know, makes it big, but then, like, he fucked up his taxes and he went to jail. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes, Steak Sauce Tycoon arrested for tax fraud. But it's just because he doesn't understand math. Yep. Poor guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I want I want there to be, like, Instagram photos from the New Year's parties. And just in the background of every single photo is him cradling a bottle of steak sauce, either, like, holding it in his hand sort of like he's Vanna White or cradling it like a baby. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. All right, so we have... Um, an incredible cast. Uh, thank you, Madison. You're so welcome, Madison. I patted myself on those <laughs> shoulders. No one else could see that except for Chelsea. But, because uh, this is uh, an audio medium. But I uh, I would say, Chelsea, that you created a rom-com. And I shall now defend my thesis better than I defended my actual thesis. Uh, I believe that it is a rom-com because one... Our characters don't necessarily date in a traditional sense, but we do see these moments of realization that can lead the viewer into believing that this romantic coupling uh, has foundation. And we see moments of this relationship deepening. Uh, Is there intentional comedy that's crucial to the plot? Yeah, this is absolutely farcical, and we have Stanley Tucci and his steak sauce, we have overbearing moms, I mean, it's just everything you want. Also the idea, I'm sorry, but the idea of sending a letter every year for New Year's, doing your own personal circle jerk about your familial accomplishments, insane. Insane to me. That is on its face already fucking funny to me, because... Who has the audacity? The answer is white people. And you may be looking at my cast and going, Madison, that cast needs a lot of sunblock. And here's the thing. So does the plot. Because only pompous ass white people would do this. Number three, is love in the driver's seat? What is driving this plot originally? Spite. And what does spite transform into? Love. Love and hate are two sides of the same coin. They both mean that you care deeply, and I think that that is amazing. Uh, So yes, this was a rom-com. I'm so glad that you told me this story and that I cast it perfectly. Thank you. I worked really hard and not hard at all. (laughs) I think that this was... You know how sometimes, even though they are overabundant, you just get, like, this really weird itch for a sort of, like, disgustingly waspy story that, you know, the non-waspy characters end up winning? That's what this story is for me. It starts out super waspy, ends hella gay, and I think that that should really just be society you know we got stuck with this pompous arrogant over white waspy horribleness and then we just made it gay and that made it better and that's what we need to do for america 2024 i agree well 
Madison, I guess the the only thing left is how badly do we want to see this movie? Well, Chelsea, on a scale of one to five, with one being sorry, I'm already watching New Girl. Uh, two is that I would pirate it. Three is that I would pay money um, on, for a streaming service to be able to stream it. Four is that I will catch it sometime in theaters. And five is that I'm door busting a theater and demanding that they give me a Coke Icy and some popcorn. Solid three, but only. You know what? I actually want to, here's the thing. I want to elevate it. All right. And I want to elevate it to a 3.25. And what that means is I'm going to watch this and I'm going to improve the ambiance of this situation by having a giant bucket of popcorn it all circles back guys to the three like the tricorn popcorn melange of snack joy i feel like you could create i don't know why when you said tricorn and i just it felt very cult like to me and if you I do think Madison could be a cult leader. Um, so nice. And she would be the cult leader of Tricorn. That's honestly, I didn't realize my personal aspirations until this moment. And it's that. Yeah. And it's like, you ask people how they relate to each other based on the kind of corn. So you're like, are you cheddar? Are you caramel? Are you salt? Is it just like normal popcorn? Is the other one normal popcorn? It's like buttered. Yeah, buttered. You buttered. And then like based on that, like, and then the people identify with the corn and then they interact with each other as their corn identities and then they shed all (laughs) personal possessions and identity and they like just live in a world where everything is about the corn and what the corn represents. I honestly, hell yeah. Um, one, yes, but I feel like the degree of enlightenment that you reach is, well, okay, here's the thing. Not that, obviously, I have ever partaken of a substance like marijuana, perhaps. I have never. Um, never. But if I had, I would say that, honestly, the tricorn popcorn bucket is the ultimate stoner snack. Because it's got everything. It's got it's got the three food groups, okay? It it's has got sweet, everything. salty, and yeah. It has everything. It has sweet, salty, and cheese. Like that's that's the Move pork. over salt, fat, acid, heat. Uh it's <laughs> sweet, salty, and cheese. That's the, go away, food pyramid and my plate. I know what I'm doing. I got salt, I got sweet, I got cheese. (laughs) But the thing is, is that if one were to get stoned and embark on the beautiful tricorn journey, what you end up doing, you, like, have them separated with a little, you know divider for about halfway but then what you do is you realize much like with people that segregation is not only wrong but a general nuisance for so many reasons and so you remove 
the the separation of the tricorn and it all comes together that will be the transcendent element of my tricorn cult is when you get to the point that you're not identifying as a caramel as a cheese as a butter you are identifying as a corn <laughs> Oh, enlightenment is we are corn. <laughs> we are all corn. <laughs> we are all corn. I want you to know that despite my gin and tonic, I am like, I am sober right now, okay? It was more tonic <laughs> than gin. And I have said that I am the Jeff Bezos of yeast. I have started a tricorn cult. Like, <laughs> I I'm going to text my therapist. If I had more time on my hands, I want to go through all of our unedited footage of every episode and just do a a master cut of you saying the darndest things. <laughs> we need to hire somebody, but that would require us to have money. Uh, when we eventually make money, we will hire a, a sound editor and they will do that for us. I'm looking forward to it. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of looking forward to things, Madison, this is our New Year's episode, and our next episode will be coming out in February, and that is the highly anticipated, even if just by you and I, (laughs) book club extravaganza double feature where we are going to discuss Boyfriend Material and its sequel, Husband Material by Alexis Hall. So, to recap, support your local library. Make them order (laughs) gay shit for you. We recommend Alexis Hall's London Calling series. And we're going to be discussing those because I got a lot of thoughts. They're very funny books, guys. Uh, I have read them multiple times on various I've read them on multi I have li- I have read them with my ears, my eyes. My eyes have seen them on paper and on a screen. You know what I mean? I yeah, they're really really great. I they're very funny. Uh so I think they're worth a read, but you know, if if reading's not your thing, we're I'm sure we'll still be entertaining to listen to and we'll also recap the same way we do with with movies. Um, and then that this bonus episode um, for Boyfriend Material and Husband Material is the last episode before we're back with a brand new season of, drum roll please, Brrr. I have to make my own sound effects because we can't afford real ones. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my dad doesn't have a middle name and he likes to tell people that they couldn't afford one. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, when Chelsea wants to insert sounds of a seagull choking on, like, a cheese puff, she just uses my laugh. <laughs> Here's the thing. that Your laugh does not sound like that, but I will forever just imagine a seagull choking on a french fry or whatever the hell you just said. A cheese puff, but I'll allow a, a che- French fry. Okay. 
Anyway, okay, we'll be back in March with a brand new season in which, drum roll, we are uh, going back, we're going to watch movies again, uh, which is really exciting. Um, we have a couple of episodes that were recorded in the hopes that the, str- the strike would be resolved, um, but then we'll be going back and, and, you know, so you'll get, you'll get a couple of episodes that were, I think were recorded in, like, July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, July uh, <laughs> 2023, these were recorded Before we shift hopes. gears because we realized the AMPTP was gonna be a dumb, dumbass. They remain a dumb. So. Yeah, they do. Well, Madison... From me to you, happy holidays, have a happy new year, and from me to all of you, no one cares about your life accomplishments enough (laughs) to want to read about them in a letter. And um, if I can just impart again one final beautiful piece of wisdom from the depths of my heart to yours. My banging and bucks ain't your business. We we didn't tell anyone where they can find us. I just realized. Ah, they don't need to find us. But if they really want to, we're on Instagram at Love at First Screening. You can email us at Love at First Screening at gmail.com. Don't find me in real life. Uh, I'm just not that impressive. And it's sort of like the whole thing in community where uh, Troy got really upset because he met LeVar Burton. Don't meet your heroes. You'll just disappoint them. Wait, what? What? Have you not seen Community? No, but wait, what? Wait, I I tuned you out. <laughs> <laughs> I I only <laughs> I only heard part of that, and then I heard Lavar Burton. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> okay, okay. So there's a TV show called Community, which features okay, I know actor that- Donald Glover. <laughs> In it, uh, Donald Glover. Is, uh, is idolizes LeVar Burton, as you should. And mm-hmm. uh, Chevy Chase's character uh, sets it up to where Donald Glover's character meets LeVar Burton, and this devastates Donald Glover's character because basically he's like, I didn't want to meet LeVar Burton. I just wanted a photo. You can't disappoint a photo. So it's not, it like turns the idea on its head of like, don't meet your heroes, they'll disappoint you, to don't meet your heroes, you'll disappoint you'll them. You'll disappoint, okay. That's what I didn't hear. I just heard, I heard Community, I heard Donald Glover, and I heard do, then he meets LeVar Burton and don't meet your heroes. And I was like, but LeVar Burton is... Like, such LeVar a kind Burton. soul. He's LeVar Burton, goddammit! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's perfect. You know what? Actually, let me just... This is my send-off, alright? Much like LeVar Burton, join us for our cute little gay book review episode next. And don't forget to read The Rainbow. Oh my god. Incredible. 10 out of 10. Snaps all around. Thank you all for joining us. We're looking forward to seeing you here in the new year with our last bonus episode in February and then coming back strong with some really hot films. Hopefully we remember how to turn on a TV. But until next time, 
You don't need to know about my banging in books. Ain't your business. Ain't your business! <laughs>